Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Everyone and welcome to another episode of Raising Successful Kids. Uh, today I am sitting in front of somebody that I've listened to myself um, over a few years and this lady has an entrepreneurial daughter and she's bringing her up to be thinking and being successful and I know it's going to be a very interesting podcast and I've been looking forward to recording this podcast for a long time. So I'd like to welcome Marcia Escoffrey to the podcast and thank you you for giving up your time. Oh you're welcome Irene, absolutely welcome. So um, the the Escoffrey name for those people who um, are of a certain age might know what the Escoffrey name means Um, so do you want to just tell us a little bit about your backstory where you came from, what you've what you've done um, to kind of to a certain point and then we'll we'll follow it on with the entrepreneurial side. Okay. So my background is uh, I was raised in the Seventh-day Adventist Church and my father, George Scoffrey, actually decided one day, I'm not quite sure how it happened, um, that he would teach all his daughters to sing. I started age five and basically I've been singing all my life. So he formed the group, the Scoffrey Sisters, which was me and my two older siblings and eventually my younger sister, Michelle. So the older two were Sharon and Sandra and myself. Marcia and my younger sister Michelle. So we formed a gospel group and we sang for many, many years in not just in the church, but outside of the church, various events. It really was a a ministry and my dad saw it as that. And I did it without a second thought. So I've had a lifestyle of preparing and doing. So in a way I could say that's entrepreneurial, um, but without thinking about it. And through that process, we won several awards. So we became the best at what we were doing. We were the best female group six years running. We won awards for our singing and so on. And we had to um, attend galas and events and receive those awards. So that's really the background. And with that, we've traveled, not just in the UK, but to the States. We've sung in several countries. So we're well-traveled as well. So that is the foundation. And to the point that... You know, my dad managed us. We eventually sort of took charge of our own events. And my dad sort of took a step back and we actually managed to have a recording deal with Atlantic Records, which is a major deal back in 91. So that stepped us up a level where we became much more known, much more TV, radio interviews, um, professional video and so on. So with that, the standard was created of being you know, excellent at what we did. So we were fortunate to work with a string of amazing people, including, you know, Stevie Wonder, Pavarotti, Elton John, Eric Clapton, and the list goes on, Sting, you know, because people knew the name. So that's where we've come from. So that is my legacy in music. And it's, it's pretty much even just now today at this event, someone's come to me and she said, you're the singer. And I said, yes, I am. Mm. I said, I'm here as mum of daughter. Mm. But people don't forget the face or the name. Mm. So that's really the background. Mm. So that's where I'm coming from. How 
have you been able to use the Escoffrey name to further what you've done since? Because, I mean, presumably you're not recording as a group anymore. No. no. So when did that finish? It's just... Well, we 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 recorded nineteen ninety to ninety two, so we got that recording deal in the um, early nineties, mm. and I actually left the group. I wasn't particularly happy being this, you know, person out in the mainstream media. It wasn't quite for me. Mm. Um, but since then, um, what what's really occurred is. Um, I can I I have I also have a career as a professional chef, so I did that for over fifteen years and carried on into holistic health, so healthy eating and so on. Mm. But the turning point where I used the Singing Foundation was unfortunately my sister Sandra died nineteen years ago this September mm. um, from deep brain thrombosis, which is the clot mm. in her, in her case in her leg from um, long haul flights. She was on tour in Singapore. That was a turning point and. About a, less than a year later, I actually gave up my catering career and I took about six months off. In that six months, um, I actually, by the June, so sort of six months, seven, eight months after, I started writing songs and a friend called me and said, oh, do you think you could do a workshop, a gospel singing workshop? And I said, well, I'm sure I probably could. Mm. And I started to scratch a few things out on paper. From there, that was the turning point into using music as workshops and I did gospel workshops jazz workshops that eventually led to popular music traveling to many schools in London doing workshops and found finding the benefit that children were having from doing singing workshops Mm. so this is where I entered into teaching Mm. but first and foremost I'm an artist so and I would say to people this is my album cover can you recognize which one I am and people would say oh my goodness is that you etc etc so even though I didn't want to be in the industry per se, I was using my knowledge and background to teach children and another pathway opened for me. So I started to become a teacher and pretty much automatically because of the style of teaching that I use, I became a mentor. Mm. So running gospel choirs, groups in school, out of school, singing, teaching children how to harmonize as my dad had taught us. Mm -hmm. And I've built and built and built that Mm. until I was sort of in a college, then several schools. You know, I did this more so before I had my daughter. And um, that led to me doing a lot of work in that way, prison work included. Mm. Um, Work with the elderly as well, community work. So that is where the foundation actually led me. Okay. So then from there, you... Obviously, that's become your own business. So your entrepreneurial trait has followed you all the way through um, mm. from from your singing career mm. through to... Was it opportunities that opened up, do you think? Or do you was it your name that opened those doors and you took advantage of it? I think it's a bit of both. Mm. Um, some of the teaching jobs I got... I got solely on um, recommendation. Mm -hmm. If I was to probably try and get those jobs now, I'd probably have to have a degree or a master's in Mm. music, which I don't have. Mm. But you're talking um, late 90s, early 2000s. I would put forward who I am or what I did, and people said, oh, we'll have her. Okay. So I would say the answer to that is yes. So it it was through reputation Mm. that I was getting bookings and and jobs in that way. Yeah. So now fast forward, you have 
um, a daughter. I do. Um, so do you want to talk us a little bit through how you've used the philosophy that you have, that foundation that was instilled in you by your dad um, and, and mum, and mum. Yeah, but that's obviously come through in how you've been bringing, bringing your daughter up and, and what is happening today. I believe that I've done it very unconsciously, but partly consciously. Mm. So, you know, both parents, in particular my mum, she was very much about raising us as young ladies to be prim and proper and to have a good standard mm. of personal conduct as a woman. So a young woman growing up, she was very um, precise, I would say, in teaching us manners and how to carry ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um in the home, and therefore that conduct would you take it outside. Um, so with that, there's been a, a, a real nurturing of how to do things, make things, keep a home tidy, to have pride in yourself and pride in your things. This one, this is a way that I've taught my daughter from the get go, and I remember catching myself in the early years as Annie was talking four, five, and six and above. I said, oh my gosh, I've become my mother. <laughs> and, and I laughed and cringed at the same time because my mum was very strict. Mm. And, um, but I realised I, I did give a bit more freedom in terms of communication, uh, in, terms of, in terms of how Anya can speak with me and share things. And I would also ask her things so that she can be more open. But that I realised quite soon on that the the foundation of how I was raised, I was carrying it right through. The minute I had my daughter, Mm. I was using that foundation, those principles of manners and respect and pride Mm. immediately Mm. because that's that's what I know. It's what I've been raised. I I adjusted it somewhat, but ultimately that's what I was Mm. doing. Yes. Mm. So... When did you start instilling in her this idea that she could do anything she wanted to do? She didn't have to follow one particular path. This this idea of opportunities um, being open to to her. What actually happened was I made body products. I started making hair rolls because I didn't like what it looked like. It looked like all chemicals I didn't understand. And she, my daughter wasn't born yet. And I made lotion, body butters and soaps. Mm. And as a, I would say she maybe been sort of seven, six, seven. She saw me doing that and she would actually be part of the wrapping process and she knew all the products by name. We'd go into fairs. Around about seven, maybe, younger. She, uh, instead of Anya saying she wanted a job, she started saying, I'm going to have my own business like you, mummy. Mm. So I was working and running this business with her older um, sibling so she saw it in action and she didn't necessarily do anything about it but I could hear her language Mm. and you know I'm a home cooker so she would always have meals treats cakes things that I would make from scratch eventually around seven which is the age my mum taught me to cook Mm. if she was with myself or with my mother and my aunts are a very good baker as well she would want to attempt things and I'd say, okay, or I'd come back in and, you know, she'd had somebody looking after her. She'd say, oh, mommy, I've made you a cake. And the first few were low, rock hard. Mm. But over time, I'd say to her, but you can read, mm. look up a recipe. We've got cookbooks in the home. And so, and so she started 
making. This developed, I would say, over over a three to four year period Mm -hmm. until she started getting really good and she got really good at making pancakes and we would make traditional things like dumplings at my mum's and how do you make that? And, you know, I'd make, allow her to stir. But from a toddler, I used to have the gate up in the kitchen, but eventually I would show her this is the way to be safe in the kitchen and she would observe me cooking. Mm. So I wasn't really thinking that this is going to impact her in, in later years. So before she was 11, which is when she launched her first business through the ultra education process, these ideas were coming and she was vocalizing very strongly that she wanted to have her own healthy cafe. I stopped making products at a certain point after about two and a half years because I was working and doing it and it was a bit much at the time. Mm. So she actually started challenging me and saying, well, if you ever start making your products again, I'll stock them in my store. Mm. So this was the conversation before she even came to Ultra, Mm. that she was challenging me to get it going again. Mm. And when she has her own shop, she would actually stock some of my goods. And I thought, look at this. Mm. My child is saying to me, I'm going to have a shop, mum, and I'm going to actually stock your products. Mm. So it would be my shop, but you can have your <laughs> your shelf. And I thought, wow. And within two years, um, I, I can honestly not say how I came into ultra education other than I received an email. I don't know if I clicked on something from Junior from LinkedIn. And I just read Ultra Kids Club. And I read what it was about and I said, That'll be perfect for her. She's got lots of ideas. Um, I wanted her to start and she was a bit reluctant. Oh, do I have to? And I said, yeah, it'll be good for you. Mm. Took her down. She has not looked back or has wanted to stop. Mm. So she did six weeks and then said, oh, I want to do another six weeks. And I thought, really? And I believe it was the it was a term and a half. So we started September. This is when it was really launching. So we've been here from the beginning in the, in the Croydon group. Mm. And um, so we started September and by the following July, they, they had their first summer fair, which she was present at and she had her first um, Marvellous Marples vegan cakes and bakes. Mm. So there was language coming through in terms of business, not job. Mm. You know, you can do it again, mum, mm. and you can put your products in my shop. Mm. So I was observing that through seeing us do things and her being part of it, Mm. she wanted to do her own thing. Mm. But it took a while for it to actually manifest. But she was languaging what she wanted to do to some degree. Yeah, so process of osmosis. Yes, that's right, yeah. And um, what is she doing now? Because she's she's still doing baking or gone on to doing another business? So, yes... um, she is still doing the baking, but she's she's sort of put it to rest mm-hmm. for a little bit. She's written a book, which is not published yet, but it will be. And um, I homeschool Anya now for the last academic year. I came home one day and I saw a range of eyeshadows. And I just thought, how on earth did she do that? Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm making eyeshadows no more. And... Um, Almost about the same time, she started toying around with what she was going to call it. You know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? So really, she does it first mm. and then asks us my opinion after. Mm. So it really is her. It's not, I think you should do this. Mm. No, I come in and find that it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, Does so, she have a passion for business or do you think she just um, 
take something that she likes. I mean, she's a young girl, so they yeah. like makeup and stuff. Yeah. So that's the angle that she's coming from rather than thinking uh, there's people have got a problem and I need to solve it. She's ethical as well mm. because uh, part of the ethos which she's been repeating today at this fair is that she thought about young girls her age and younger who want to maybe experience or experiment with makeup, but not the chemicalized one. So she's found a way of making eyeshadow that hasn't got four ingredients or five or whatever. And it's very basic. You'd be surprised how basic it is. Mm. And it's not going to hurt you. So that's what she's saying. It's your kind of beauty. Mm. So it's natural. Mm. So um, one of the places I got some of the ingredients from, I, my mother took me to that herbalist shop it's been established since 1844 wow. as a child. So I took her and took a picture. I said, this is where I came as a child. Mm. So the essential oils and the herbs and the salt was from a quality place that is renowned. Mm. It, may, it may not be the cheapest, mm. but we know it's good. Mm. So um, so those ideas of, that your mum instilled in you of quality, of being yes. proper, doing things That's properly, right. Yeah. That's... That's where yeah. it's coming through yes. in everything that yeah. she's doing. Yeah. And she's probably not even realising in that respect or hadn't realised. Yes. Yeah. I'm realising it now. Yeah. <laughs> because even as I'm saying it, I said, Anya, this is history. Mm. You know, your age and younger, I was coming here with my mum. Mm. Mm. And my mum is a natural herbalist. We always had herbs in the cupboard. And my mum knew the property and what it was good for. Any ailment, she'd say, oh, make that into a tea. Mm drink that mm. how many days and so on and you know and then she eventually got the back to Eden which was like the bible mm. of herbs but she knew a lot herself mm. so yes filtering through mm. so as far as um the future what the future holds for Anya do you think um where do you think that's going to go how the big one is she wants a healthy calf slash restaurant mm-hmm and she doesn't want to be deterred from that. Mm. So I'll say to her, that's, oh, that's a big job because I'm, you know, I'm a former chef. Mm. And I said to her, oh, I don't think I'll be in the kitchen with you. And, um, but she, she does want to have a, a healthy eating eatery. Mm-hmm. She also wants an online shop to stock several other things that she intends on making. Wow. So one of the things that we're thinking about is having an umbrella to house more than one business. So this is business three. Mm-hmm. And how old is she? She's 13. Okay. So business three. Business three. Yeah. Okay. And this is the pre-launch. Mm-hmm. So really the ideas keep flowing. She's a very creative person. And even when I think about that, um, I worked part-time since I had her, we had creative days. So she's always been making things, textures with her hands. She's very good at art. Mm-hmm. She likes to make and create things. And mm. she'll say, Mum, what do you think of this? Sometimes, as literally as I get through the door, Mum, I said, oh my gosh, let me put my bag down. Mm. And she's straight, mm. what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And, and, and can you, you know, I'm the tester, mm. you know. So um, I think the world's her oyster. And this is something she's now saying herself, um, that I don't limit her. Mm. I never say to her, that's too much, you can't do that. Mm. I'll say, okay, let's see how we can do it. I'll, I'll more than likely say that. Mm. So I think she's capable of doing anything. As far as sociability is concerned and her social side, how do you 
Um, how does she marry running her businesses with just being a teenager? Because that's the sense, that's what she is. Mm. We manage it. Mm. She's homeschooled. Mm. So part of socialising is, is being around people like herself. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been there for a few weeks now because we've had a lot on. So she, she, she normally attends the um, Ultra Education Club where she loves being around people who are thinking as she's thinking mm-hmm. or in, in some similar fashion, which is they want to progress. Mm-hmm. And I make sure she's around people who are forward thinking. Mm-hmm. So as a mum, to me, that's my job, mm-hmm. that I have a little bit of input or a lot, not, not controlling in that way, mm-hmm. but in terms of who her friends are. She, and the friends that she does have um, are a reflection of her mm-hmm. in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. So not just somebody that just wants to walk up and down the streets and do nothing. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, who do you want to hang out with? Let's, okay, yes, let's link up with your friend, blah, blah, blah. And um, that's important. It's something... A gentleman, I've forgotten his last name, Nigel, he's, he's part of, um, I think he's one of the advisories for ultra education. He works at a university. And when I called him, he said, surround her around older people as well. So not just all teens mm-hmm. that can teach her something. That's very important. Mm-hmm. So that could just be a talk, an, an evening of, of, a, of a talk of somebody that's successful, not necessarily in something she wants to do, but just different things. Yeah. So she can see another example of, look at this, yeah. you know. Because then they start to mirror what those people are doing. If they're already achieving yeah. um, and on their path of various journeys that they're on of success, yeah. whatever that success is, they start to mirror that and they're looking up to, okay, I can achieve this and exactly. then I can achieve this. Um, and then what they don't realise is they've got people behind them exactly. looking up to so people people are looking up to Anya and thinking, okay, well, she's achieved this at 13, she achieved yes. this at 10, yeah. I can do that as well. So mm-hmm. as she's looking up to her role models, she's the role that's model right. in herself. Does she know that herself? Does she that, that's interesting that you said that. Um, her best friend came down and stayed with her for her birthday and in the card she wrote, you are my role model. And Anya looked at her and she said, oh, she didn't she didn't know that she was her best friend's role model Mm. she said I look up to you she wrote it and Mm. said I look up to you you are my role model Mm. amazing and I thought she was taken back by that as was I Mm. because you know they've been friends since they were in primary school Mm. but she didn't know she was looking up to her and saying look at this girl Mm. my friend Mm. um and I think that's that's very special that's a lovely thing yeah well I think that's part of what raising successful kids is about it's not about just attaining wealth is no. success in every area of your life. So if you know that you have influenced somebody to go and achieve their goals and dreams, Absolutely. that's that's a level of success that not many people are able to true to to take part in or be part of rather. Mm. So yeah. I agree. So the podcast is called Raising Successful Kids. Um, so I'm going I always ask this question at the end. What does raising successful kids mean to Marcia and Scott Free? It means that you are raising a young person to make positive impact in the world. Mm. So then their focus is not going to just be on something menial. They're going to want to do something positive that's not just going to affect them or their peers, but 
quite often outside of that. So that, I believe, is the type of child that I'm raising. She is conscious about things more than probably people her age. So she is more mature and she's she's thinking not just about herself but about others. So therefore, you know, this this recent business, she's thinking ethically. You know, it's natural, you know, how it's going to affect the skin and the environment. But more than that, about young people doing something, I think in her words, she says something, it's another option, mm. natural or chemical, your choice. Mm. So it's about consciousness and instilling that it doesn't just, you don't, you don't just have to go along with the crowd. You can be an individual and make and do something positive. Fantastic. So how can people find you or find Anya um, in this social media world that we live in? You can find Anya on Instagram on Lily Cosmetics. You can also find her under A May for her uh, motivational speaking and for her vegan cakes and bakes. You can find her on Marvelous Marples. Okay. And what about yourself? How can we contact you if we need to, if we so wanted to? Okay. You can just contact me um, via Marcia Escoffrey on my main um, Facebook page and I do think my daughter set up my Marcia Scoffrey Instagram as well. Thank you so much for taking the time out to come and um, share your knowledge and all the various experiences you've had with the listeners. I know they will have enjoyed listening to stories so thank you so much for being here today. Uh, as far as you the listener goes if you'd like to subscribe to the Facebook page and Instagram page please do so please leave any comments Um, please also um, this is an appeal to promote the podcast if you can share this with people around you uh, who you feel will benefit from knowing how to raise kids to be and think successfully that would be amazing thank you so much for that and we will catch you soon